This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. One, two, three. Hunt and Hill. Jeremy Hill, holding down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge studio, it's Hunt and Hill. Now on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Shout out to Angel Oak Home Loans for bringing you the opening hour each and every football Friday here on Hunt and Hill. Contact Ryan Schimpf at Angel Oak Home Loans for your lending needs, your tough loan, investor, self-employed, or you just need traditional financing. Angel Oak Home Loans is your spot. Um, breaking news here on the Twitter machine. Pete Thamel. Who is Pete with these days? Is he with ESPN? Let's see. Pete Thamel is with yeah, ESPN now. Um, has reported that there has been an agreement made to move the 12-team college football playoff. Said the 12-team model is expected to start in 2026 after the current contract, according to a source. There's still a chance it could go earlier. Those details are complicated and would take some time to work out. Look, uh, there are going to be some polarizing responses to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm 100% for it. I think this makes college football more interesting, Mm -hmm. more exciting, more inclusive. Um, Look, we're about to go through our playoff picks right now, and I bet they look exactly the same. And that that may get to the Final Four that way anyway, but at least you make things more interesting. I think if you go to 12 teams, you have four buys, you have eight teams play in the opener, then you still have the incredible drama that goes with trying to go undefeated to get a top four seed and a bye. So it doesn't compromise the regular season. And if you lose your second game and you're in a big boy league with some good wins, it doesn't mean that your dream of winning a national championship is over. It just means you got to sneak into the back half and play your way through it. I'm all for this. I think it's great. Uh, I know that there are some people that Really want it, they want it to be two. They they want it to have the greatest regular season <laughs> yeah. in sports. I just don't think you compromise it by going to twelve personally. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm gonna go by it by uh, two fronts here. I, I think you're still gonna see those same teams in the top four yeah. every single year. It's still gonna be the same culprits. But on the second part of that, I think you've just extended sunshine and rainbow season a lot more weeks because now when you lose, if you're LSU for some reason, let's say you did lose this FSU game, now you, you're still in a world where hey, we we beat Bama, hey, we beat this team, we can still somehow find a way with one or two losses at the end of this thing to still be in the playoff hunting right in the middle of things. And so I think that's going to create for a lot more exciting football down the stretch of the season where a lot of these games where, you know, it's really no postseason implications on any of this stuff. You kind of pencil in who's going to be the top four teams. There may be a fifth team in play, but um, that's really it. Now you're going to probably see, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20, maybe 25 teams in the hunt to get these last 12 playoff spots. So I, I think that's going to create for a lot more football. And I think the ratings are going to be a lot better on the back half of the season too. I think of specifically some LSU teams that would have benefited so much from this. The 2016. Mm-hmm. I mean, that team would have gotten into this and had it would have had a real shot. Mm-hmm. I think of the 13 team that you were on, potentially, um, if you still had the goals in front of you, maybe sneak into the back end and, and at, you know, after that Alabama game, you still got something to play for as opposed to, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I just... I, I like the fact that your dream is not dead on your second loss. Now, you may not get in with two losses. It just mm-hmm. depends on what it looks like and what the automatic qualifier situation is and whatnot. But, like, 
you know, it's great when you can go undefeated, and that's awesome when we <laughs> yeah. do that in 2019 and 2011, and you get in. That's that's awesome. But I just think it makes things a little bit more interesting. And I have said for years and years and years why I love college baseball so much is because you just got to get yourself a ticket to the dance. And now you've got even a better one to reference than, you know, Coastal Carolina or Fresno State that doesn't really resonate down here. We watched that Ole Miss team was a disaster for a lot of the season. And I'll listen to an argument that says, hey, if you're a disaster for a large part of the season, like you shouldn't have a chance. Like I understand that isn't. That's not lost on me. I just prefer it the other way. Give me a chance. And I think this makes things more interesting. So we'll see how it shakes out. This year, there's going to be four in the playoffs. So now it's our job to pick what four teams we have got in the college football playoff. Would you like to start the uh, festivities here? Yeah, I could definitely start. How many teams are going to go off all four? Yeah, just off give me your four. Give me my four off the rip. Okay, all right. My four is I, I got Bama, of course. I think anyone's going to take them Undefeated. this year. Uh Undefeated, man. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, I think so. Yeah, undefeated. Yeah, they run the table. <laughs> yeah, I think they run the table. Uh, I got Ohio State as well. Um, I, I think undefeated. Yeah, I think once they get past Notre Dame, I don't see anything that's even remotely going to get in their way. I, I think Michigan can, you know, just because of the rivalry, and we know what happens in rivalry games. But I just don't love them in that situation, especially coming off a loss from last year. So I got Ohio State as well. I'm actually going to put USC here. I, I think, you know, interesting. I, I got Lincoln Riley era. I, I just don't love what's in the Pac 12. And I think with all the influx of offense, I, I think their defense is going to give up points, but they can win a lot of games giving up 21 to 24 points a game. That offense is going to score a ton. I believe in Lincoln as an offensive mind. And I think in the Pac 12, not picking them to win it, but just to get there, I think they can win the Pac 12. I think that Notre Dame game is going to be huge for them uh, for their college football playoff implications. But I, I think they can win the Pac 12. And I think that opens up the avenue. Uh, for them to, to get to the college football playoff. And the last team, I got Georgia. I got a little replay of last year because when I think of just talent te talented teams in the country, you know, teams that are vying for that fourth and fifth spot, I, I think they can lose one game. And, you know, you look at the best teams in the country, I think it's going to be hard for it to not make that case, especially with them coming off national title. So those are the four I got. So you got Bama, Ohio State, USC, and Georgia. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk about who you think is going to win the national championship coming up, but I've got – I got Bama as well. I think they run the table. I think they go uh, perfect 13-0, and 0, win the Southeastern Conference, and go in as the one seed. I've got Ohio State uh, as well. Uh, I don't know that I think I think Ohio State's going to run the table as well. I think those two teams will be undefeated at the end of it all. Um, so really the drama is who are the other two teams because we both got those two teams in. Um, I'm going to buy stock in Utah. I like mm -hmm. the fact that they've got a lot of players back from a team last year that was pretty impressive for most of the season. Um, I think they're going to put a feather in their cap with a win in Florida coming up uh, tomorrow. Um, and I just think they're the class of the Pac-12. And I think even if they lose a game at some point in the regular season, as long as they get to the Pac-12 championship game and win it with one loss, I think that they will have a ticket to the dance because I don't believe the Big 12 is going to get out unscathed. I don't think the Big 12 mm -hmm. is going to make the playoffs. So it leaves a spot there. I've got Utah. Um, and, and the more I think about it, the more I just think that the ACC is going to have a hell of a time trying to block Clemson. That defensive line is just absolutely hellacious, uh, as it was a couple of years ago uh, when they got after Alabama and made things really tough on the Crimson Tide out there in San Francisco. Uh, I think it's more of that, and I think that you know, they got to figure out the quarterback situation. they got to certainly play a lot better than they did last year, whether it's DJU or you, you move down the depth chart to a freshman. But I just think they're the class of the ACC, and I think that they'll get out of there Maybe a loss is okay uh, out there. Um, maybe not, but we'll see. I, I would pick mm -hmm. them. I, 
for Georgia, I think Georgia is going to stub their toe at some point in the regular season, whether you know somebody like Tennessee picks them off or South Carolina clips them and maybe Auburn late in the season. Like, I just Somebody's going to get them. Um, this and then they're going to go to Atlanta and get beat by Alabama, and that will mm-hmm. knock them out of the playoff in my uh, in my estimation. I'm just not ready to talk to call USC's defense ready to roll. I think Caleb Williams mm-hmm. can play, but so for me, I've got Bama, Ohio State, Utah, and Clemson. Your pick for uh, for a national champion. Pick for national champion. Um, man, this is tough. Uh, sheesh. Ah, man, I got to think about this in for a second. Um, I'm going to go with Ohio State. I think uh, I like C.J. Stroud. I like what he brings, and I don't want to see Alabama win another. Like they can get there all they want. Strap they in. They can go thirteen and zero all they want. I just can't see them. For, so for that reason, I just I can't pick Alabama. We were having such a great Friday, and then I came on the air and picked Alabama to win the national championship. So no, it's I, look. I, we're both just ingesting a ton of chalk here. I think. I mean, yeah, the, our Pac-12 picks may be a little bit on the edge with Utah and and, and USC. Yours is a little more out there than mine. Um, but I, you know. It's it to me like this. It feels like Alabama and Ohio State, and it mm-hmm. feels like if it was a twelve-team playoff, or it was a four-team playoff, or it was a two-team playoff, that's probably where we're headed. It just kind of feels that way, and, and hopefully somebody has something to say about that. It would it would bring warmth to my heart if someone did. Um, if as long as it's not a sex saying it, um, okay. but uh, it, it that just kind of feels like where where we're headed. So I think Alabama beats Ohio State in the national championship game, and I just I wonder how much people would be invested in that. It would certainly be a game that pits a ton of pros. Uh, and, and the best two quarterbacks potentially in the country, but it just kind of feels like old hat with these teams that are always <laughs> always around. One day, Nick Saban will quit, and they'll move on to the next coach, and he will fail, and that will be great, but we are not to that day quite yet. So I think Alabama will uh, will roll through and win a national championship, but it would, again, warm my heart greatly if they did not. Back to LSU and Florida State. We'll dive back into that game. Our pick's coming up at the end of the show. Don't go anywhere. It's Hunting Hill. And Jeremy Hill. It's Hunt and Hill. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. FanDuel wants you to be ready for game day when college football kicks off this week. Right now, new customers can get up to $150 in free bets guaranteed for week one. Just place a $5 bet and you can get up to $150 in free bets, win or lose. TCU in Colorado going at it tonight. So 13 and a half point spread. The Horn Frogs favored on the road. You want to get on that action or bet the SEC for tomorrow? You can do it all on the FanDuel Sports Book. The app is so easy to use, and when you win, you get paid 
fast. So don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with the promo code 1045ESPN. You must be 21 and present in Louisiana. First online real money wager, only $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issues and non-withdrawable free bet. It expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.mando.com. You're somebody who knows a gaming problem and wants help. Call 1-877-770-STOP. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Okay, uh, sometimes you say things on the radio, uh, and then your opinion changes, uh, and you have to correct yourself. Um, I love a 12-team playoff, and if you're just joining us, um, there's unanimous approval of a 12-team playoff that is coming to college football um, at 2026 or potentially before that. That is coming, and I love that until the details continue to trickle out and it looks like based on Ross Dellinger's reporting that there are going to be six the six highest ranked conference champions will be automatically admitted and then there will be six at large spots that is a step too far we are we're extending the olive branch too far I do not need the Sun Belt champion in there. I do not need the American champion in there. I do not need the Mountain West champion in there. I do not need the. I don't. I do not need this. This is. I don't need to watch the SEC runner-up, whether it's Florida or LSU or Alabama, play freaking Coastal Carolina in the playoffs. That's not a playoff game. <laughs> You're going to have it. We are 40 minutes away, 45 minutes away from Matt Moscona blowing an absolute gasket on this microphone I'm talking into right now. I can guarantee you that because no one dismisses the little guy more than Matt. I'm like second line there, but Matt's in first. We don't need to be just awarding playoff spots like we're giving out trick or treating candy. Put the big boys in there and let's watch some real football. I, I don't, I don't need Coastal Carolina can't win three playoff games. End of discussion. No, I totally agree with you. I think this is a prime example of setting a rule that's an outlier. Just because Cincinnati... We're just trying to be nice to everybody. Yeah, just because Cincinnati had one good year where they beat an okay Notre Dame team and, and they go to the playoffs, I, I just don't think you create a landscape where that's just what college football looks like because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen right now. Yeah, you're going to get your Power 5 schools, but even within those Power 5s, you know, is there going to be a, a Big 12 team that you really feel like can threaten Alabama for the next five years, especially with, when Oklahoma and Texas leaves that conference? It's just even in the Power Five, it's going to be terrible matchups against some of these top so, four teams in the country. Now you're adding non-Power Five teams to automatic bids. It's going to get ugly, man. When you keep watching these 50-point blowouts, I don't know how many people are going to keep wanting to watch that, you, man. You're, you've guaranteed that some form of Oklahoma State, TCU, Houston, Iowa State, Cincinnati rep is going to be in the playoffs every year. I don't need to watch that. I, I just don't. Can we just have common sense prevail here? Put a group together. We subjectively pick the NCAA basketball tournament. I realize they do have conference tournament champions that go in and they create a bunch of money. But we can pick 12 teams. We can sit in a room and pick 12 teams. And guess what? If you're 13th, you lose a little bit of your luster on your argument because you've obviously lost too many games. Mm-hmm. If you got a four-team playoff and you get left out, man, like Texas A&M's got a legitimate beef two years ago when you ran through this thing and the only team you lost to was Alabama who won the national championship and you didn't get in, I'll listen to your beef. If we got a 12-team playoff and you didn't get in and you were 13th, your beef is not really welcome here. 
And so we can pick 12 really good football teams that are, if, if there are five of them in the SEC, that's just what the playoffs are. I don't have to watch Houston play Ohio State. I really don't have to watch that. Yeah, and, I, and I'll even give the committee some credit here for because because I think for the most part I don't think many teams have been hosed. Even in getting into this fourteen playoff, we've seen them put two SEC teams in there. We've seen them just put Cincinnati in there. Um, they I, I think they've done a phenomenal job of getting the right teams there. But I think now creating this automatic deal where if you're a Sun Belt team and somehow you're nine and three, and just because you won the Sun Belt and you're ranked nineteenth in the country. You're going to be in the college football playoff and playing some of the best teams in the country. I just don't think it's going to end well. Um, I guess we're trying to be inclusive with everything, but uh, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't think this is going to be good for TV. I don't think it's going to be good for college football. It feels just like the LHSA breaking up into 113 divisions so that everybody can get to the dome playing two playoff games because we're tired of trying to beat John Curtis, so we got to split the whole thing up. That was a really ridiculous decision to make, and I just don't like this logic of we just got to give everybody a chance. Like, no, you don't. Let's let the best 12 teams go out there and play. Let's let I'd rather watch Wisconsin who got beat by Ohio State in the national champ in the Big 10 championship game play than I'd rather watch freaking San Diego State because they <laughs> went 11 and 1 and happened to beat Cal. I like I don't have any interest in in doing that. So yeah. again, I'm so pro 12 teams. If you put the right 12 teams in there, I want to watch Florida play USC. I want to watch Penn State play LSU. That's that is what I want to watch. I don't have to let the American champion in because they because they went eleven and one <laughs> and happened to beat Mississippi yeah. State. I, I just I don't put me in charge. That's what you need to do. <laughs> no, I think look, I, I would not be upset if they just said, "Hey, the 12, 12 best teams who we feel like at the time." are going to get into it, I, I think you're going to still see the same teams. Yet, you're not going to see these non-Power 5 teams who have no business playing. And I think even with that 12 teams, you might see some years where there's four or five teams from the SEC alone getting into this playoffs. But I think just giving team automatic bids just for the sake of it, you know what they match up like against some of these real programs in the country. We know what's going to happen. I think that's what makes sports so amazing is that you go into the, each week not knowing what your team's going to do and what team's going to win. I think this with the playoff, you're going to be able to pencil in what's going to happen. It's just going to end bad. Stephen Miller in the Bayou Ford chat says, just say we need a group of five playoff and a power five playoff. I like where your head's at. The problem is we don't have a power five anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't. I mean, you're, you're, the Pac-12 just got destroyed because you lost the two biggest brands in it. And then the Big 12 is toast when Texas and Oklahoma come in. We don't have a power five. Mm-hmm. We've got a power two in Clemson over there at this point. Now, I, I do believe that there is a, a a real chance that in the next, if you if you run this thing out 20 years, that Miami and Florida State and some of these teams eventually figure it out. There's no guarantee of that. I mean, it's the same way I feel about Tennessee. Eventually you get a coach and you kind of figure it out because you've got, you've got the resources and, and some advantages that a lot of schools don't. Um, but we don't have a P5. So that's why I don't need to be rewarding all these conference champions when we don't even know what the conferences are going to look like. <laughs> why are we automatically donning conference champions? Look at the Big 12. It's yeah. not it's it's not any good. Yeah. No, I, I think that's the exact reason why they didn't do that with the regular, you know, four team. They, they could just be like, hey, we're going to just do automatic bids. You know, you're picking the four best teams in the country, and it doesn't matter if you won your conference or not. None of that stuff, that stuff's out the window. You're picking the best teams. And to me, that's what it always should be. So, 
Um, I, this is totally not that case. We're going to see how it plays out. I just think people are going to be so tired. People didn't like yeah. seeing Washington get in the college football playoff. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen when, you know, Cincinnati gets in there again or Houston? It's just Randy Rabelais in the Body 4 chat says, Hunt, you're talking about maybe one team getting in you don't like. No, I'm not. I'm talking about four that I don't like. I, I think the Big Ten champion, the SEC champion, okay, we'll talk about that. I'm not, I mean, probably the ACC because Clemson or Florida State or Miami or somebody's probably going to be pretty good. But I don't got any use for anybody out West and anybody in the, the Big 12 footprint. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. And then you're going to talk about, I mean, there's four other conferences outside of the SEC and the, the Big 10. Yep. That's there's a there's four teams I don't like, yeah. especially if you're going to jump frog, some kind of two loss, Florida or Georgia or LSU or Bama or Auburn or Wisconsin or Penn State or Michigan. Like I mean, with that with that current set, you know, Utah would have gotten in last year. I mean, just look at the teams that would have gotten into the playoffs from last year. They had three losses last year, so you're just going to put three loss teams in there, four loss teams in there, just because they win their conference, they deserve to be one of the top teams in the playoffs, playing for a national title. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I just to me, it should be the best teams. It shouldn't be because you win your conference. It kind of reminds me of the NFL, and sometimes when a team that's nine, seven, and nine wins their division, so they get in, it's like uh, I don't know if I love that. Uh, and I wonder if this doesn't you know, change the, the the calculus for Notre Dame. Um, when I look at it, everybody's competing for for seven spots because you've got your conference, which is one spot, and then the six at large, and Notre Dame's only competing for six. I wonder if that doesn't change the way they think about getting into a conference. I, I tend to think maybe not. It's not as bad as you might think, but it, it's an ever-changing world where TV contracts are through the roof, and now we're awarding conference champion auto bids into the playoff, <laughs> and Notre Dame is not in a, con a conference to get the television money. It's, I mean, ACC, they get some, but not as much as the Big Ten's dishing out or the SEC is dishing out, and you don't have an op opportunity to get a free pass into the championship, into the playoff by winning a conference. Well, I think for them, um, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to get the first round by, obviously, without not having that conference. But I think to be a at-large team every single year, um, I think that's a great spot for Notre Dame because now you don't have to join a conference. You can schedule the same teams and you can get into the playoffs, especially since you're going to be playing neutral side games. I'm pretty sure that's – is that what it's going to be for the – I think if you're game? doing 12 teams, you got to play some of them on, on campus. On campus? Yeah. Okay, well, if they're doing that, then um, even still, they're still going to be an at-large team that they're probably going to get a home game with. So I think for them, it may not be the end of the world if they don't join a conference. Somebody asked me to look at the rankings at the end of last year and then see what the playoffs would have looked like. I think I can do that with rankings and I can go back week by week on ESPN.com. So if I go to 2021 and it does give me the weeks, so I'll go to week 15. This would have been your playoff as I see it. Um, there's the college football rankings. So you'd have had Alabama in Michigan in Cincinnati in I, um, Baylor in Utah for sure. And Utah in and Pittsburgh in so that would have been your six and you would have added in Georgia Notre Dame Ole Miss mm -hmm. oh I'm, I skipped oh, oh no I didn't I didn't skip Oklahoma State BYU and Oregon is that hmm. 12 I think yeah yeah that's 12 yeah you said Cincinnati right yeah I did um, um so you, I mean, yeah. not a terrible exercise to go through. Um, so I had the SEC, 
I had the American, which will be the Big 12. I had the Big 12. I had the Pac-12. I had the ACC. And then BYU. I don't even know what conference BYU is. Pathetic. <laughs> um, so... I think if you wanted to play devil's I don't, advocate. I don't have to have 10-2 and two BYU in the playoff. Yeah. I really don't have to have that. I think if you wanted to play devil's advocate, you would say, okay, if you're going to take out Utah, if you're going to take out you know some of these other teams that you feel like have no chance, you're going to take out Cincinnati, what teams do you put in there? Do you put in a Michigan State? Do you put in a, a – Yeah, you, Michigan State you... was left out there. Oregon was left out there. Uh, Iowa was left out there, but they were 10-3. and three. Good exercise. Good exercise. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's all fresh information as we look at it. Um, so, and, and that, that was ranked by the, I'm assuming the committee will do the ranking once again. We're not going to go by the eight people. I mean, I'm assuming yeah, that's how, sure. how they're going to do it. So, um, you know, I have to go back and like bracket it up and see. But your buys would have been Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Notre Dame because Georgia is the highest ranked. Uh, non-conference champion who was number three. So that game in Atlanta would have mattered a, a heck of a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's I'm, all, I'm still way in on 12 teams. I just yeah. don't need to be giving out spots <laughs> yeah. w- willy-nilly. I'd rather just pick, pick the, the top best, 12. Yeah. That's just, I, I stick with that. All right, we'll change our schedule a little bit on Fridays. We'll do Take It or Leave It next, and we'll have our picks for the game coming up at the end of the show. Stick with us. It's Hunting Hill. 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. With Hunt and Hill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reliable Roofing and Construction. Reliable Roofing LLC on Instagram. ReliableRoofingBR.com. Go to the Instagram. They do a great job of posting a couple times a week about some before and afters. They're really proud of their work over there at Reliable Roofing. If you're in the market for a new roof, you deserve the highest quality shingle. You deserve the best shingle options. You get a five-year labor warranty guarantee with Reliable Roofing and Construction. Hey, guys. So happy to tell you guys about Reliable Roofing, a family-run, owned, and operated residential roofing company. They've been in business since 2008 with over 30 years of roofing experience. ReliableRoofingBR.com is the website. Lionel Hayes and his crew, born and raised in Baton Rouge, here to service the Baton Rouge community. It is storm season. If you want your roof inspected, they are happy to come over and do that. ReliableRoofingBR.com is the website. ReliableRoofingBR.com. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. We're going to end every Friday show here on Hunton Hill with our pick for LSU and the Saints when that is applicable, which will be next Friday. But we'll just have our LSU pick with a score coming up at the end of the show. That means 
we'll bump it up a little bit early and we'll do some take it or leave it. All right, Jeremy, it appears, based on some tweets earlier today, that Netflix is filming a Johnny Manziel documentary. The story of Johnny football, take it or leave it. I guess I got to take this because if they, if they show anything from his time in New Orleans, you might see your boy getting a little camera time uh-huh. in that thing. But, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. I'm sure I, y'all I, were on your best behavior. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. He's known right. for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Just great college students, student athletes. Just having a kosher weekend on Bourbon Street. But, no, I'll be tuned into this, man. I, I think we all knew. We kind of got the genesis of that Johnny football era in, in college football, and I think the defense did a phenomenal job. I just, you know, both years when we were going against yeah. Johnny football, but I think other than those games, he he totally he did some work on college football, so I'll definitely tune into that. So for me, if they're going to show him running around on the football mm-hmm. field and throwing touchdowns against Alabama in 2012, like, I'll, I'll leave that all day. If you're going to tell me about the autograph signing and the cash that it was exchanging hands and falling asleep at the Manning Academy and getting drunk, like, if you're going to tell me that story and going to Cabo and Vegas and texting the Browns about trying to save the city, like I am all in for that. I don't care about watching him play college football. I want to know what he's doing off the field. If that's what the documentary is, you can sign me up for that for sure. All righty here. Boston Celtics for Danilo Gallinari. He suffered a torn ACL in his left knee while playing overseas for the Italian national teams with sources saying he will definitely miss the 2022-2023 season. Are you taking or leaving? The NBA is going to put a stop to players playing over the summer. I'll leave it. Um, they're not going to do that for like national teams because that's big money stuff and, and there's some prestige in it. These little joke around (laughs) open gyms that you're playing in yeah that's gonna be people's contracts if you're not playing in that i'm watching you know the number two pick in the draft break his foot we ain't doing that chet holmgren's gonna be sitting down for a long time so yeah you're still gonna be able to play for the national teams because that's a big deal but they are not gonna let them play in these uh playing these open gyms jimmy garoppolo says staying part of the 49ers for this year had not crossed his mind until recently after reconstructing his uh re Structuring his uh, current one-year deal, making him the highest-paid backup in the sport. Trey Lance will finish the season as the starter for San Francisco. Take it or leave it. Uh, I'll take it because I'll take uh, it. just they put too many resources towards him. I think you know I said it all along. Everyone knew they're kind of trying to get rid of Jimmy G. They weren't going to give up anything. So that's why I think you got to give the Saints credit for what they got for CD Deuce, but. Um, for Jimmy G, I, I think they really, really believe in Trey. I think he opens up so many more, so, so much more things in the play action stuff. They're not going to want to put Jimmy G out there to just make them look even crazier than they ever did from trying to get rid of this guy all season, and then now he's your starting quarterback. So I think for that reason, I think they'll let Trey uh, ride that thing out. All right, last one here. Chicago Bears president and CEO Ted Phillips. He's set to retire this season after 40 years of being part of the franchise. Are you taking or leaving? The Bears have a brighter future without him running the show. I'll take it. It can't get much darker. I mean, you should have seen the reaction that I saw on Chicago sports Twitter today. You would have thought it was Michael Jordan winning his sixth ring. You would have thought it was the Cubs breaking a 100-year drought for the World Series. They were in... They were delirious. (laughs) They were so happy. Uh, The Hallis family, the McCaskey family, they've just put a bunch of people in charge that have no idea what they're doing. That's what I hear all the time on Chicago Sports Radio. They've constantly got people making football decisions that don't know anything about football. Ted Phillips being one of them. They stick with general managers too long. They reallocate funds horribly. They've just done a terrible job of running the franchise, and everybody in Chicago knows it, and they're all thrilled that it looks like they're going to get some fresh blood in there. The problem is it's not really – 
Well, it is. It, do, it comes down to ownership, but they, mm. they got to get a quarterback. Like, yeah, if they don't yeah. get a quarterback, Wait, it's never going to matter. I just saw the, those fancy, dandy, you know, preseason stat sheets oh, where yeah. his numbers look exactly like Patrick Mahomes' numbers. You know, three <laughs> touchdowns, no interceptions, over 60 completion receipts. You telling me Bears fans can't get excited for that? Did you see that little sidearm <laughs> throw he made that was incomplete that everybody seemed to love when he was slinging it? I mean, come on, Justin Fields. But, they, I mean, look, this was a, a big, big oh, day man. for the Chicago. Chicago Bears, it looks like they've got some potentially greener pastures with a new stadium coming mm-hmm. uh, at some mm-hmm. point and some new ownership as well. Uh, so that sounds uh, sounds like a good thing for the Bears, but that's not, uh, not necessarily what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about the weekend that mm-hmm. is at hand, and that, of course, entails LSU and Florida State from New Orleans, where we will be coming up on Sunday. So we will take one more time out uh, here on the show, and we will uh, come back give you our picks for LSU and Florida State next on Hunt and Hill. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. LWCC is Louisiana loyal. They are celebrating and elevating champions of Louisiana this month, all month long. Pumped up to tell you about Metamore. Yeah, Metamore, an institute dedicated to the study and treatment of metabolic disease and obesity, has been celebrated by LWCC as a champion of Louisiana. Located in Baton Rouge on the campus of Pennington Biomedical, Metamore is a one-on-one-kind facility joining science, clinical research, and a variety of treatment modalities under a single roof to create a world-class institute. Metamore work stands to spur economic activity in the life sciences sector here in Baton Rouge and to improve health across the globe, and it's starting right here in Louisiana. Yeah, look, obesity is, is a real issue here in the state of Louisiana. Metamore saw more than 6,200 patients and drastically improved their health outcomes, reducing the final financial burden of living with a metabolic disease. Metamore, is, as Jeremy mentioned, over there in Pennington Biomedical, and they are doing awesome, awesome work here in the state of Louisiana. If you know someone, something, some entity, some nonprofit that's doing great work here in our great state, go to lwcc.com backslash Louisiana Loyal and nominate them to be a champion of Louisiana so that we can tell their story right here on Hunt and Hill as we will do for Metamore all month long. Can uh, It all starts right here in Louisiana. LWCC is Louisiana Loyal. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Man, I'm excited for the weekend. I'm excited to watch some football tomorrow, and I could not be more excited to get in the Dome. The question is, what point of the game can I get into the Dome? I don't think I can see kickoff. If I'm at Manning's, I'm off the air at 6, and kickoff mm-hmm. is at 6.30. 
I just don't think I can get in the stadium in 30 minutes. It's, I mean, I don't, it's a, it's one, I've mapped it out. It's one mile. So the question is, do I just hoof the mile and hope I can make it pretty quickly, briefcase in hand, or is there some sort of Uber situation that would do me more quickly without <laughs> knowing what the traffic's going to be like in the dome? Oh, by the way, the forecast is awful and it might be raining too. Like, how do I manage I think you, getting in the dome? I think you got to find one of those, like either those carriage guys, or one of those guys with little bikes oh, and the, the buggies on the box. Yeah, man, that might be get you there quicker That's than this. That's not just the worst idea it. I've heard. Just find one of those guys. Say, hey, can you just meet me here about you know six o'clock? I used to see. I used to write the insurance. <laughs> I used to be the insurance agent for one of the uh, the carriage companies down there that had the horses. Maybe I could call my guy up, say, hey, I need a horse-drawn carriage right outside Manning's at 6. I need that horse ready to roll, too. Maybe that'll yeah. be get, I'll be, I'll be clicking down Poydras and yep. just watching, waving everybody and trying to get in the dome. But I uh, I could not be more excited. I think LSU is going to have a pretty decided uh, advantage when it comes to the crowd, um, and I think it's going to be a, a really competitive football game. Um, first of all, before we get to our picks and kind of breaking the game down one last time, I want to set the schedule for you for your game day for those who may have forgotten from last year. Five hours before kickoff it's a 6 30 kick out kickoff so 1 30 charles hannigriff and matt musso eagle 98.1 game day they will be at rouse's down there on barone um, they will be broadcasting five hours before kickoff for three hours that's when the lsu sports radio network will take over myself brandon taylor marlon favorite will be at manning's broadcasting live for about 90 minutes and then we'll toss things uh, at six o'clock inside the dome to the broadcast team of gordy rush doug morrow and the voice of the tigers Chris Blair uh, will have the broadcast, and then 30 minutes after it goes final, Brandon, Marlon, and myself will be up in the press box doing the post-game show, and then uh, we will hand things off to Charlie Hanegraaff and Jeremy Hill 90 minutes after it goes final, and they'll be on for a couple of hours uh, from the Nopsy down there in New Orleans. So full day of programming from 1.30 in the afternoon till probably 1.30 in the morning, and then uh, no, we will be on the air um, Labor Day, we will have a full live schedule of LSU uh, on, on ESPN Baton Rouge. Brian Kelly will we meet with the media, which we were told he may not do. So you're going to have uh, OTB will be with you from 7 to 10. Charlie will come on at 11. He'll go to about 11.40 on Monday. We'll go to the Brian Kelly press conference when he is done. Charlie will get to uh, 1 o'clock. That's where we'll take over 1 to 3 and Matt from 3 to 6. So even though Monday is a holiday, Labor Day, we will be working. We will be live and local the duration of the day, and we'll have Brian Kelly's press conference live on the airways. All right, we'll do this at the end of every single week. It is time to make our picks. And right you are. This is a place where anything can happen. Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, a fun place to be on a Saturday night. And tonight, we get to take a look at the top-ranked team in the nation, Florida State, against the LSU Fighting Tigers. LSU Tigers. More breaking news in a CBS Sports HQ. Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly is expected to be the next head coach at LSU. We have repeatedly said now the Brian Kelly era is underway at LSU, but really it's all about what happens after that first game and every game thereafter. And the Florida State Seminoles. We haven't seen LSU yet. We still haven't seen LSU play ball yet. But we're going to go beat them so bad, it's going to look like we got their whole tape from the bottom to the top. Now, here's on Palmer and Jeremy Hill's final pick. Great work there by Casey Gaines, getting you ready for LSU and Florida State. Look, Jeremy, I think a lot of the aspects of this game feel like 
last year's UCLA mm -hmm. game. It's the week zero game. It's a new time for LSU with new coordinators on both sides of the ball. You have a new head coach this year. You didn't last year, but um, it's a, a proud program with a name brand that has kind of been on hard times lately with Florida State, same way it was with UCLA. And LSU went out last year and just got absolutely punked in the Rose Bowl. I do think this is different. Uh, I think that LSU is going to be more prepared to play in this game. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that Florida State has some significant issues on their team. So while there are a lot of similarities, there are also a lot of differences. I think LSU is going to be ready to play on Sunday. Yeah, I do too. And I think, you know, Coach, to me, listening to Coach Kelly kind of come hearing him talk like during the spring and during, you know, right after that Texas Bowl, it seemed like everyone was just so antsy. Oh, man, we got so much work to do. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to figure this out. We got to figure that out. Um, listening to them talk a couple of days ago, um, it seems like they've shored up, you know, a lot of things that they've had concerns about. And I, I think, you know, looking at the ticket situation, it's pretty much going to be a home game. Everyone's going to be so excited to start this area. And to me, you know, as a player, uh, it's so important because, you know, for so many of these guys who haven't been a part of this football team and transfer portal or, you know, it's your first year playing. Uh, you get an opportunity to go do something special and, you know, remember forever. Everyone's going to remember how Coach Kelly started this era. You start off in that Superdome playing in front of all the Tiger Nation, you have a big-time day. Uh, that's going to be remembered for a long time. The guys are going to be fired up to play. Listen, Mike Norvell has got a lot of offensive skins on the wall. You look at uh, by the numbers here, 37.8 um, points per game as a head coach. That's the third highest nationally among coaches who have been active over the last six years. He's scored 40 points 34 different times. He and Lincoln Riley – uh, are the only coaches in college football to have a 1,000-yard receiver every year from 2013 to 2019. Uh, he's coached a 3,000-yard passer in six of the last nine seasons. He's got some significant mm -hmm. offensive chops, and I think he's got a good quarterback. I don't think Jordan Travis is a guy who's going to be an NFL quarterback. Um, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the ACC, but I do think he functions that offense pretty well. Mm -hmm. The issue is if you can't block him, the offense breaks down totally. And that is where LSU has to win this game on the defensive line. It's the strongest point of this team. If LSU gets beat there, they're going to be in trouble. If they don't, Florida State is in for a world of hurt. How do you think that goes on game day with LSU's defensive front? Look, I, I think I know a little something about football. If this LSU defensive line isn't as advertised, that's going to be probably the most shocking storyline uh, to me when I'm looking at this football team. When you look at Mason Smith, you look at Jaquelin Moore, you look at Ojalari, you look at Gay, these are all four guys who have full, full high potential to be all SEC, potentially all American guys. And so uh, you do that against a struggling, you know, beat up offensive uh, line for Florida State and you guys struggle. You can't stop the run. You can't get after the passer. Um, that would be extremely shocking to me. I just think that's going to be the, the exact opposite of the case, which is why I think LSU uh, should definitely win this game. I, I'm liking the Tigers in this one. I, I actually, I'm going to go 28-17. I, I got LSU winning by uh, 11. 28-17 is Jeremy's call. Um, look, I, I, I like LSU's front-end talent on that defensive line, and I like the depth there. We haven't talked about Makai Wingo a ton. Jacoby and Guillory is, has not been talked about a ton. It's his third year in the program, and they've also got some guys on the outside that they like, whether it's Desmond Livell or Jarrell Cherry, or even if you want to throw Quincy Wiggins in there. They're going to continue to come at Florida State in waves. This Florida State offensive line on the interior, I think, is in for a world of hurt there. So I think it's going to be tough for Florida State to move the football. On the other side of things for LSU, I think LSU's offensive line is going to have its struggles as well with this Florida State's front, specifically in the middle. With Garrett Dellinger, with his first time being a center, you're moving some guys around at the guard spots. Again, if LSU holds Florida State off at the point of attack, they're going to feast on the outside. I have been shocked at how much Florida State 
on the media side has maligned their their secondary and especially the corners on the outside. They just have not been very good. And I did not expect that after reading preview magazines and kind of digesting things. I didn't see Florida State's mm-hmm. secondary as a significant issue. Everybody who covers them sees them as an issue. If LSU can get the ball out there, they're going to create some openings. And I do trust that it'll be Jaden Daniels and that he's going to hit some of those shots. And hopefully Jaden can keep the, the chains moving, get away from some of the pass rush, use that speed he's got, and extend some plays. Um, I think this is a low-scoring football game because I think the defensive lines are going to control it. If you, if you, if you got a gambling pick from me, it's going to be on the underside of this because I think it's going to be tough to get rolling. But I do think that uh, inevitably LSU will do a little bit better job and they've just got too many opportunities to take advantage of Florida State's weaknesses that are in the secondary and on the offensive line that pairs perfectly with LSU's strengths. And for that reason, I do think that LSU, who I picked to go 7-5 and five, and I'm well aware, <laughs> is going to take care of business on Sunday night in the Superdome. I do have it as a low-scoring game, though. I've got LSU 20, Florida State 17. Mm. So a, a low-scoring game, but I do have LSU right. winning it by a field goal. That wouldn't cover the 3.5, but it would be enough. And look, we need to LSU's got to get off to a good start. It's just the the... the the air has come out of the balloon two years in a row with an opening loss, and you just you got to avoid that. Get to a, a game where you can try some things out next week, and then jump into conference play. This is going to be a really really fun game, but I think it is going to be a difficult game and a close game late. I think LSU's just got to make one more play. I don't know if I love hearing close game late with our kicker situation that is a problem. Game coming down to a last kick, but you know it could actually be a good thing if you do and you somehow find a way and you get Ramos in that situation. And he somehow drills it. Uh, that's going to install a world of confidence for him, obviously, to start the season, but for him throughout the throughout the season, then uh, give him confidence going from game to game. So, yeah, I think I just like this matchup. I know we sounded like a broken record based on what we sounded like last year, but I think looking at everything, if you're looking at the full picture, the new coach and staff, just the way everything's run, the quarterback situation, just the receivers having Kayshawn back, which I think really, really hurt this team a ton last year. Man, I'm pumping my purple and gold, man. I can't wait to see the Tigers win. It's going to be, be, be a great time for LSU fans. I do want games to be on campus. I think that's important. I think that the playing games on campus is great about college. But there is something about LSU playing in the Superdome, having the quarter painted purple and gold. We've seen it for national championship games. But it's going to be incredible this weekend. I can't wait to get down to the quarter tomorrow. I've actually got a wedding to go to mm-hmm. tomorrow night in New Orleans. But I'm going to be down there to see the purple and gold and to see the energy and the vibe um, when we're at Manning's on Sunday and watching LSU go into the Superdome. Dome. It's just going to make for an awesome weekend. Hopefully, if you're going down there, got a good uh, dinner reservation, got a, a place you can belly up to a bar and enjoy yourself a little bit. And LSU and Florida State will kick it off at 6:30. Uh, I cannot, cannot, cannot wait to watch this thing. We'll get through one day of college football tomorrow <laughs> with a little bit of a lower stress level. But come Sunday, that blood pressure is going to be up. That heart's going to be racing. And again, I've talked about how like I picked him to go seven and five. I don't think it's a championship team, but that doesn't lessen my excitement level and my enjoyment level to go out there and watch him play Florida State. Plus, I think it's cool to watch him play Florida State. It's not a team I've ever seen LSU play. And to see that the, the tradition come out of their tunnel with those uniforms and with those colors and with the war chant and all that, and to see LSU come out in, in their, their classic uniforms, the Golden Band from Tigerland, it's going to be an awesome vibe. No, it's going to be awesome, man. It's uh, We talk about it all the time, and I say it all the time, man, you don't get tired of this. Does get, no, it does not get old, man. You only get to do this 12 <laughs> times a year. We talk about it year-round. It's 365, 24-7 football cycle. So when you actually get to go out there and you know watch the games, you actually get to go out there and see guys try to go do something special. Coach Kelly's trying to do something special here in Louisiana. I think starting it off, I think you're going to see everyone on the edge of their seat to you know see how this thing starts off. And if you can get a win in this first one, man, that 
purple and gold pumping. It's going to be prevalent in Baton Rouge, baby. I am fired up. Everybody have a safe Friday, a great Saturday, and let's go win a football game on Sunday. If you missed anything from our show, On Demand, 1045ESPN.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, it is all right there. Louisiana Prep preview at 6 o'clock, Catholic High Football, and Louisiana Prep scoreboard coming up later this evening. Matt Moscona is going to drive you home from 3 to 6 on After Further Review. We will be back on Labor Day. Have a great weekend. Let's go, Tigers! This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge.